Coach. Hey, thanks for joining me today on this simple Coach to Coach interview. It is fantastic seeing you. It's been far too long. It's two years we were talking. Um, had your assistant Ryan share on the last last time. Um, it was great, fantastic. Can see why you have all this success because you know um, you're both really top soccer guys. So hey, um, great to have you on. Thanks for thanks for doing it. Thanks for having me again, Simple Coach. Like I said, anytime you are you are one of those who I just sort of say you want on, you're on. Like there's no there's no negotiating. So um, hey, I'm, we'll just start with the from your standpoint. Mm-hmm. How do you think your season went? Well, we went to a final four, <laughs> uh, so pretty good. Done. Um, first time there, so no complaints from this end. <laughs> um, it, it, can I ask you the the start of the season? All right, so this is where this is where you made me look bad, and I'm I thought better about having you on because it just reminds me of how bad I misjudged you guys. Um, you were one o and five. Or six. 105, yeah. 105. Could you just talk me through that, where you guys were at as a team? I, I'm not dismissing the competition you were playing, but um, yeah, I just would just like to know, yeah, what, what was going on? What are you, what was your thinking at that time? Did you think you had a team for the final four based on what you were seeing or no? Um, yeah, curious about that. Well, there, there are a lot of interesting aspects to that. It, it was certainly strange. I've never been associated with a team that had so many draws to start a season. You know, we were three weeks into the season, five weeks in as a team, if you include preseason. And, you know, we were 1-0-5. That's a very strange place to be. We, we made little jokes. Oh, you know, undefeated, six games in, undefeated, you know, to cheer ourselves up. But it's certainly not where we thought we would be. Um, and there are interesting aspects to it. You know, we're a team that they, we tinker early in the season. I don't think that makes us unusual. I think all college teams have to do that. There are some years where you know from the last spring, you know, this is our group. This will be our core group. This is the system we'll use. These are the, this is the personnel we'll use. We didn't know that this year. We knew we were returning a very strong defense. We were the Um, On Massey, they had us ranked as the number nine defense in the country last year. We needed to add goals. We knew that, but we thought we brought in the players to do it. Um, So to start off that that way was certainly strange. We were rotating players around to have a look at guys. We feel like if if you come in fit and you've been putting the work in, you get a shot early in the year. We're going to see how you do. Making all that work so we were maximizing the utility of the team was a little tricky. We thought we would get results anyway, because we usually do, but we didn't. So then the, the key thing, and Paul, we, we can go into detail about what we did with our team and how we changed our system and how we changed our substitution patterns and all that. But the, to me, the really interesting thing was the way our players responded. They're like psychologically real easy to crumble when you're one zero oh, and five, yeah. Um, so how do you how do you bounce back from that? And uh, you know, you, it's real easy for a coach to say, "Well, you you bring your best to work every day, and you try to get better and stay positive." And that sounds very simple, and it's incredibly difficult. 
here's what we had going for us. We had six fifth year seniors who all started or played big minutes two years ago when we went to the Sweet 16. So they're battle tested uh, and also very mature young men. I mean, they were mature when they got here. And so as fifth year seniors, great leaders. Also a bunch who love each other and love to have fun at practice. And the young players who came in were really joyful people. So uh, Coach Shearer and I harnessed that as best we could. Uh, if this is a team that loves to have fun and loves joy, let's make sure we're highlighting that at every practice. I think that spirit was a bulwark against all the negativity that we were hearing from the outside. Uh, oh, they were a flash in the pan. They were pretenders. You know, we were hearing, you know, we hear about these things. Uh, but but we, we thought we were pretty good. We were playing good football. We weren't scoring goals. Um, the fact that, that they continued to come to practice every day joyfully um, really helped us. Now, we also got a little psychological benefit. So we were 1-0-5, but we were 1-0-4 um, going into conference play. And we always um, plan a very difficult out-of-conference schedule to get us ready for our conference, which, as you know, is really hard. So uh, what we keep telling ourselves is we're undefeated in conference play. We're at the top of the league in conference play because we haven't played a game yet. Well, we tied our first conference game, so now we're 1-0-5, right? The good news was everybody else tied too. So, yeah, the first week in the Centennial Conference, there were five draws. So, of course, we felt terrible. We had a long ride home from Dickinson. Um, they were good, but we thought, you know, we really wanted to win that game. Um, and uh, it, it made us feel a little better when we saw that everybody else drew also. So we were 1-0-5, but we were still, you know, tied for first place in the conference. So, you know, we made little jokes about that, too. But then once we started um, winning games, once we started clicking, everybody calmed down um, and, and we found our form and we found the, the substitution patterns that worked best for us. We found the personnel that worked best and the system that worked best. But big credit to our, our team, and particularly our seniors, for staying steadfast and positive when we could have really fallen apart. I think I – so I, that, that's it's a couple things. First of all, I love that you talk about joy. Like we don't talk enough in soccer about the joy of the game. And I think at its very essence, if you can capture that, you could do magical things on the soccer field. I'm a, I'm a, I, I've gotten so soft in my old age that I'm like, those things matter to me so much more than the X's, the O's, the, oh, you're going to go up the line. Like, no, are they enjoying what they're doing? Do they, do they leave practice with a smile on their face or are they angry, right? I think that's a big deal. So I love hearing that. Um, I think I watched your game, maybe it was against Stockton. You, you tied again because I was like, what's going on? And now... And I never thought you were out. Like, I never thought you were not good. Like, even last year when you went 7, 5, and 6, I was like, those t the ties that you had, I just kind of like, those were, I, I don't understand what, how you tied those. But w whatever. So, um, and then this year, the Stockton game, I don't think you looked awful. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just thought, like, something's not, you're not scoring or something's not clicking. Like, I just couldn't, can't capture it. It's hard to capture it on film like that. We're mm -hmm. streaming. 
Um, but I will say, after you went 1-0-5, I was one of those who'd be like, I have too many games and too many teams to watch. So I think Washington is is going to sort of get through, do well, don't get me wrong, but I don't see them as being – so that I make that full confession publicly. I'll chop this out so it doesn't make me look bad. <laughs> but tell me about Rowan because – I had se- I had watched early games of Rowan, and I thought they- people better watch out for this team because they are tough as nails. Oh and yeah! You go you you uh, you host Rowan and you beat them one zero, and I gotta believe that was sort of like the push to get the momentum going because I thought that game was. Again, that was a game you could have dro- you could have just as easily dropped three nothing as you could have right because mm-hmm. I think they're that good and they're that capable. But yeah. that was you know a really important game for us because we had never beaten them, uh, mm-hmm. so we've had them on the schedule for three years, uh, and we've had no luck against them. And for years, uh, I resisted playing them because I knew how good and how tough they are, yeah. um, and I didn't think we would be up to it. Um, so the, in the three times we've played them, the games have always been close, but we've been bullied a little bit by their physicality. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't get the sense that that happened this year. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our guys were pretty confident going into that game. It was one, nothing was a really close, a really tight game. They were, they were good. I mean, they were, yeah. they were good all over the field, but we coped with their pressure really well. And we shut them out. I think we won on a penalty. I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to recall the details of that one. Um, but I, I remember there was a lot of bite in our team that day, a lot of fight. And that told me, OK, th- these guys have not given up. So, again, it's a non-conference game. Um, so it, it's not as important as when we play Franklin and Marshall or Hopkins mm-hmm. or one of those. But still, we needed a win mm-hmm. just for, psychologically. We needed one. And we really saw the best of our team that day. We, we yeah. really played well. And we had to because they, yeah. they were fantastic. Yeah. I think they're really, like I said, tough, and they just make playing against them really hard, and yeah. and not in a bad way. I don't think they're dirty or anything. I just think they they compete. They make you compete for everything, you know. And and yeah, I I I was I was impressed by you guys. I was impressed that I, I was impressed that you pulled it off because I didn't. Again, just based on record and just sort of again the last year to this year, I'm thinking they're good, but this is a game that. Again, I think they were ranked at the time, so um, I thought Rowan Rowan was going to be the favorite. But um, yeah, um, hey, I, you went aside from the loss to Johns Hopkins. You 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 went undefeatable the the rest of the time, even at even Franklin and Marshall, which again credit to, right. That to me was the when that happened. I was just kind of like. Oh, okay. We gotta we gotta be mindful of that, right? Like we gotta be mindful of this team. Um, what what were your thoughts going through the conference and that you're rolling win after win? And then yeah, what happened at Johns Hopkins and then wrapping it up at Franklin and Marshall? Well, Hopkins were the only team that beat us this year in the regular mm-hmm. season. Um, mm-hmm. our record wasn't great because we had a lot of ties, but we didn't yeah. have any losses yeah. until late in the year. Um, and they scored spectacular goals of well, you know, how good they are. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a phenomenal team. Coach Appleby does an amazing job there. And that's been our bogey team the past few years. <laughs> you know, we're, uh, we can't seem to get past them now they had, uh, and I think one of the, one of the reasons, if I might, is, is that 
we don't play like them, but we, we play similarly. Yeah, we yeah. like to have the ball a lot. We yeah. rotate our players around. They're more dynamic that way. They'll interchange their positions more mm-hmm. than we do. Mm-hmm. They probably have more quality than we do. They had a, yeah. several D1 transfers that brought yeah. something special to their team this year. Yeah. Um, but they scored fantastic goals against us. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you go, okay, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody's saving that. Right. that yeah. that's, that's a phenomenal goal. No one's saving yeah. Um, but they're they're always ready for us. I think we're always ready for them. Those games are really interesting chess matches because because mm-hmm. we're trying to have the ball against yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not many teams do have the ball against them yeah. because they counter press so well yeah. and they they don't give you the ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we built out against them and and we tried to press them as best we could. And that game was fairly even. Mm-hmm. We didn't walk off the field feeling like we had gotten thumped. I think the yeah. year before against Hopkins against Hopkins we felt like. They were better. Yeah. We didn't deserve yeah. uh, anything out of the game. But th- this year we felt we were right there with them. They had yeah. more quality in the final third than we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, credit to, to Craig. Their team's fantastic. Yeah. But they were the only ones that beat us. Yeah. Um, and so our confidence was building and building as the year went on. Yeah. Um, they play some great soccer. And I actually watched a half of that game um, and um, – uh, it calling it a chess match is exactly it, right? Like you could go two ways in those types of games, especially conference. Like it could just be like you're bludgeoning each other <laughs> until you find somebody, somebody finds the back of the net and you're yeah. like, there wasn't a lot of soccer played, but Hey, there was a lot going on. Right. Well, but that's I uh, got the sense that you guys were right. Like both of you were trying to, Hey, we want the ball. No, you can't have it. And how do we keep it? I thought that was really interesting. And I think one of the one of the great things about our conference is that each team has a dis, a distinct style, yeah. Yeah. and some of them couldn't be more different, right? Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. you have to prepare for Hopkins, yeah. you have to prepare for Franklin and Marshall, yeah. and there are some teams in our conference who don't play the most beautiful football, but you can't score against them. Yeah, yeah. you know they're yeah. they're incredibly stubborn. There's yeah. no easy games in all these different styles. I think that really helps us in the postseason. Mm. Yeah. because you go to a pod and there's four teams in the pod. Yeah. Okay. Now you have to prepare for yeah. all three opponents. Yeah. You know, yeah. critically you have to prepare for your first opponent, but yeah. you have to be ready for the other team, two teams too. Yeah. One of those teams, if you win your first game, you're yeah. going to play one of those other teams and they may have vastly different styles. And the yeah. only way you can prepare is on paper and you've got, yeah. you know, a couple of hours to do it. <laughs> Yeah. But then if you have a reference within your conference, you can yeah. say, okay, remember what we did against, against yeah. Franklin and Marshall Frank, in the yeah. second half? That's yeah. how we're going to play yeah. against these guys. Yeah. So having all those different experiences, you know, we, mm. of course, like any team, we want our identity to come out when yeah. we're playing. But you must always account for the opponent. They get yeah. a say, too. Yeah. So having played all these different styles within the mm. conference and outside, yeah. I think really helped us when it came to tournament time. Yeah. Well. What was the feeling going into the tournament? You just you lost to Hopkins, just so that people know, right? You lost mm-hmm. to Hopkins first game in the in the conference tournament. You go up against Johns Hopkins, lose again two nothing, but and and then you get an at large um, into the tournament. What was the what was the feeling at that point? It was a little bit of a roller coaster because uh, when we beat Franklin and Marshall at the end of the season, that clinched first place in the tournament. Yeah. So we could have hosted a final. 
Um, but we didn't get past Hopkins in the semifinal. And so we were, you know, of course, the boys yeah. were, were really down after Gutted. that. And there yeah, was yeah. a, we weren't convinced that we were getting in to the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament, yeah. even though Hopkins were the only team to have beaten us. All those ties might have hurt us. Yeah. So we, we didn't really know. Mm-hmm. When we saw the draw and saw that we were going to Ohio, we were like, <laughs> all right, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Our first reaction, of course, was we don't know anything about these teams. <laughs> And we don't know how we're getting there. It's, you know, it's eight <laughs> hours from here. Um, yeah. So once we got past the logistical things uh, and started investigating the teams, we got pretty excited. Yeah. We're like, well, we don't know anything about them. Oh, wait, they don't know anything about us either. <laughs> so we're, we're at even playing field there. What we found when we got there uh, was, was really fantastic. First of yeah. all, we were at Kenyon. Yeah, Their beautiful. facility is fantastic yeah yeah the the pitch historic beautiful yeah. it g- gave you a good feeling to be there the hosts uh their assistant athletic director justin mm-hmm. the ncaa rep andy zindred could not have been more gracious and more yeah. welcoming so yeah. the experience overall was great um we, we we played two really really good teams otterbein and kenyon yeah. who were um you know every by the way every team we played in the tournament was ranked and we were the only ones that had to get past a ranked team at every stage. Uh, but Otterbein played a beautiful style. I, and the other great thing, Paul, was was I met some really cool coaches. Yeah. Uh, um, the Otterbein coaches were really professional. Mm-hmm. And, and you could tell this team is getting good coaching. Yeah. The, the Kenyan coach was, you know, I struck up a nice friendship with him, with Travis. Great um, Jason, great Jason guy. Griffiths from Audubon yeah. was great, yeah. and and um, Travis was great. We I yeah. think we really hit it off. You know, yeah. I like I like meeting other coaches. I always yeah. feel like we're all in the same business. We're all yeah. in human development. We're yes, yeah. we're going to have this game, but if we can approach it professionally, yeah. we can be collaborators too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Andy and, uh, Zidrin, by the way, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's top a great, guy. great guy in at Worcester. Um, yeah, top yeah. guy, and so. Uh, we had a very good experience there. I, I'm sure it helped that we won those games, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it, they were tense. Both games were clo- really close and really tense. Um, but our depth, I think, in that first round really paid off because mm-hmm. um, in the second game, which was Kenyon, which went to penalties, uh, they, they I mean, they had some talent up top that was really superior. They, they mm-hmm. were extremely talented up front, but they, they used a shorter bench. We used more players, so we yeah. were a little fresher than they were. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a, a very important player go down with a hamstring injury yeah. early. They had a lot of players come up with cramps, yeah. um, and we were able to get around that by using um, a, a deeper bench, and I mm-hmm. think that helped us a lot in that game. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, that one could have gone either way. Uh, I, uh, I thought that the result in the Otterbein game, I thought we were probably deserved that one. I thought mm-hmm. the Kenyon game could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we got a good performance from our, uh, goalkeeper in the penalties. We made yeah. all our penalties and Anthony Pinto saved one. So, yeah. um, but after the game, I, you know, I had a really nice chat with Travis and we stayed in touch and wouldn't you know it, you know, the next weekend, of course, we went another round, a really tough uh-huh. round. And then yeah. when we got out of that one and got to the final four, we draw yeah. St. Olaf's it's <laughs> Travis's old team, right? <laughs> So I contacted him. I said, I, I, I don't imagine it would be very polite of me to ask for a scouting report. <laughs> but I have a pretty good idea that St. Olaf's yeah. is going to get a good scouting report on us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that second weekend, 
um, where we were in a pod with Mary Washington, Washington and Montclair and Con College. Oh my gosh. Nobody had us coming out of that mm-hmm. group. No. So that was probably the best weekend <laughs> we've ever had. I'm, I, I, yeah. I don't blame anybody for that because Mary Washington, that's the best team we saw. Yeah. Uh, by some margin. I mean, I thought they were very, very good. Like, like again, the Chicago level good when they won the national champion. Like, you're just in a different league than most every other team. I just yes, and and you know, I had seen them the year before. Mm -hmm. I saw them play Amherst, and Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, glad they're not on our schedule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then I did some research and went, wait, those two forwards are not graduating; they're coming back. Wow, I mean. So and they had a couple of D one guys too. That was yeah. that was a very very difficult game for us. We were yeah. under siege the whole time. Yeah. The first half of that game, apart from dealing with this terrific team, we also had a, a heavy wind in our face. Uh-huh. So we we couldn't play over them when we were in trouble. Uh-huh. You know, we had to try to play through them, and they pressed yeah. really well. So we did a few things tactically in that game to try to minimize the damage they could do to us, mm-hmm. and try to play a numbers game against them, and then. We got our goal and then just held on for dear life. Held on for dear life. I watched watched that game. And it just looked like like you're that battered boxer in the corner. You're like, and I'm not going down. I'm not going down. We were just waiting for the bell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I give a lot of credit. Uh, Coach Kilby, who I had met briefly previously. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know him. Um, I thought he was fantastic. And he had every reason after that game to feel – like, uh, yeah. you know, they missed a big opportunity because yeah. I thought they were the best team in the tournament. Yeah. Um, but he was extremely gracious after the game. His players were really rattled, as, as they should have been, because, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure they felt they should have won that game. Uh, but yeah. he was he was really professional and friendly and, and warm in a moment where he could have been pretty upset. So I think um, also, if I recall, like your your goalkeeper came up big. I think four or five times, if I recall, just yeah, can't like, like you know, his his foot, his hand, some he do did something that kept you kept you alive, right? Like so, the 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 dilemma in that game was you've got those two forwards, yeah, uh, uh, Kirkland and Berg, yeah, they played with wing backs who were both extremely talented, right. and they're number ten. Yeah. So if that 10 picks the ball up, and they come at you very quickly, yeah, they're not going to mess around Mm-mm. and just, you know, Mm-mm. find some comfort in possession. They're not yeah. that interested in that. They're no. interested in yeah. attacking you. Yeah. So we did not want to give the ball away to that number 10, mm-hmm. have him running at us with two wingbacks mm-hmm. and two All-American forwards as yeah. targets. Yeah. So we really tried to minimize um, how they were attacking us. We had to stay really compact. compact we had yeah. to give up something. So we gave up some flank play in that one. So their mm-hmm. wingbacks had the ball a lot. Yeah. Uh, but Anthony Pinto, our goalkeeper, made it was the most it was the busiest he had ever been. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. he's a he's a guy who's you know he started three years for us, and his mm-hmm. career goals against average is mm-hmm. 0.69 goals against. Yeah, that's remarkable. That's astounding. Astounding. Considering numbers. you know the NCAA tournament yeah. games we've played, the level of competition yeah, that we're yeah. playing week in and week yeah. out, and then our two center backs in that game, Chris Comer, who has ended up being a first team All American. And Sebastian Linares had to man up those two yeah. forwards. And that, yeah. that was a big job. Yeah. So they got chances. Yeah. But it's not like they were – they didn't get behind us. 
Mm-mm. And they didn't get like a, an easy look no, that they yeah. squandered. It, they were difficult chances. Yeah. And then the good looks they had, which they got some, yeah. uh, Anthony came up huge yeah. in, in those moments. I think there was a point in the game where I said, this is too hard for Wa- Mary Washington. Like it's too hard to get the goal. And and well, if you could keep if you could keep that up, I think it might have been like at halftime where I was thinking this is too, it's too hard for them to make their way through. I think at one point you you had a block of eight going, and, you know, and 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 you weren't giving them the space that you would usually give at some, especially down the middle. And I thought this is too hard for Mary Washington to break down, and that's not that doesn't bode well for them. Well, I, I have to give a lot of credit to one of our players who, who never got the credit he deserves. Mm-hmm. His name is Ben Horgan. Mm-hmm. He's our holding midfielder. He had some injuries this year that limited him, mm-hmm. um, but we nursed him through the season so that he'd be available in the postseason. Uh, he played a lot this year, but he didn't. He wasn't a 90-minute guy. He missed several games, so he didn't get the postseason accolades. But he plays that position as well as anyone I've ever coached. He's our six. And Mm -hmm. he stayed in front of those forwards and screened them to limit their chances. If you want the ball, you're going to have to go out wide to get it. You can't get it in here. So he he did a remarkable job in that game. Uh, And, you know, we had to make some adjustments to how we normally play. We had to stay very, very compact in that game. Another full confession, since I'm looking bad throughout this conversation and my pick and my <laughs> thoughts about your 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 team, um, I actually had Connecticut out of that bracket. Like, I was like, who's the dark horse and who I thought was really, really good? I thought it was going to be Connecticut. And uh, and you obviously take them as well. Um, well, we, we got a little break in that game. Uh, and I think the difference in that one was the, the game before – they played Montclair. So we played Mary uh, Washington. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then they played yeah. Montclair. And that game went to yeah, overtime. Went overtime. Yeah. And that game was very physical and yeah. very emotional. Yeah. And they came from behind in that game. Yep. Or, no, I'm getting that wrong. They, they had a lead in that game, and then they got scored on. I yeah. think I'm getting that right. In, any, in, in, in either event, it was a roller coaster game. And it was physical. It was demanding. And they played after us. Yeah. So we had a couple of extra hours of rest, which mattered, <laughs> mattered hugely. And yeah. we didn't have to play overtime. So yeah. um, now uh, I met a lot of great coaches this postseason, and I only got a chance to speak with Ruben very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, obviously the guy's a national champion. Their team plays beautiful football. Yeah. We didn't yeah. want them to be able to play beautiful football. So we press them, which is hard yeah. to do on day two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we just didn't want them to find a rhythm. So we, we pressed them pretty well, I think. And also we wanted to make them chase us. So we took some risks in building out. We were patient building out to, okay, if they're tired, maybe they won't be able to press us the way they liked. Mm-hmm. And so can we wear them out a little bit and be patient mm-hmm. in our build up? So that was the first half, but much like Mary Washington, the second half was us holding on. if you look at our score we only scored i think 31 goals in 23 games yeah saint olaf who we played in the semifinal i think they scored 70 something something. yeah i think 74 73 i keep thinking that's it (laughs) so here was the little superpower we had we we had six fifth year seniors yeah all midfielders yeah well how do you get them all in the game and, and, and take advantage of all their, their experience and expertise and all that. Um, We had kind of two units 
We had a unit to score a goal and a unit to make sure you can't score a goal. Yeah. And we really relied on that unit yeah. to lock a game up. And yeah. they really knew how to do that. They, they, yeah. they, you know, they had so much at stake. They put their lives on hold for a year for this. Yeah, yeah. And they were not going to get scored on. Yeah. So um, we relied on that in the Mary Wash game. We relied on that in the Connecticut College game to grind mm. the game out and to lock the game up and to, mm. you know, get pressure on the ball all over the field. So big credit to those guys. And principally, that was that was Jackson Sopa, Cole yeah. Gifford, and Alex Coster, who mm. came in and said, okay, th this game's over. Yeah, we're not yeah. letting you score yeah. right now. It wasn't always pretty, yeah, yeah, but we were able to get a lot of results that way. So a it, lot of one nothing and two runs. Yeah, defense wins championships, you know? Like, I think, I, again, I've always been impressed with just sort of your defensive organization, even two years ago, right? And bits I watched that, so you're always – that's a big component of what you do is, and, and it, and it works, right? Like you might, like you said, you had 30 some odd goals, but you, the other, the other teams had less, you know, than that, right? Like they're not scoring on you. So, mm -hmm. and, and, and you could see that there's a lot of thought that goes into, into how you defend. And, and, and it, and I think it comes up big against teams that, Right. They usually have it a little bit easier. Like I said, in, in Mary Washington, I think you probably came across them just at the right time where it's so hard for them to get to goal. Like they 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 don't see that. Like that's not that's not in their wheelhouse. Like they they score. They scored at will this year. Right. And I think Connecticut a little bit of the same. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, as someone who grew up more as a, as a defensive player, mm -hmm. um, a center back or a holding midfielder, that's. Mm -hmm. uh, critical to who we are as a yeah. team. Um, and in particular, the play of our holding midfielders. I think, you know, I argue with Tom Riley, our women's coach. I argue with him all the time about this, as I do about everything, because um, <laughs> we've known each other since we were 14 years old. Yeah. Um, I think the holding midfielder is the most important player on the field. Oh, yep. Thank Tom you. Riley would say it's the goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> we just had that argument the other day. And he, he has a pretty good argument. But of all the field players, for sure, the outfield players, the holding midfielder is key for me. Uh, and so, you know, we, we had such good play in there from from uh, Ben Horgan mm -hmm. and Jackson Sopa the past couple of years. It really makes our team go. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Last game I want to talk about is the St. Olaf game. Um, I think they showed a different level against you guys at one point. Like, I just thought you might have come across the – the team that would that could get through you <laughs> i don't know if yeah. that is that an accurate assessment or <laughs> it's totally accurate so um if you look at that game uh i rewatched the first half of that game uh, a couple weeks ago we had a lot of the ball yeah. and we were making good incursions we hit the crossbar mm -hmm. um yeah our captain harrison malone who carried us through the postseason with goals and assists who was phenomenal for four and a half years mm -hmm. he he cranked one off the crossbar tyler yeah. davidson one of our younger midfielders had a couple of really good chances we were in and it looked yeah. like okay you know we're going to be able to have some control in this match yeah they scored a goal kind of against the run of play that was yeah. a phenomenal, phenomenal goal. goal yeah yeah um, it was their left wing back who was really yeah. good. Um, and, you know, their attacking group, their, their forwards, their, their 10, um, uh, those guys were all 
really, really good. And we bottled yeah. them up pretty well for most of the game. But their left wing back cut in and took yeah. one on his right foot and curled it in. Mm-hmm. Anthony yeah. Pinto wasn't saving it. Thibaut Courtois wasn't saving it. <laughs> yeah. He hit that. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there was any more room to get to the closer to the post or uh, to the crossbar uh, yeah. and, and not and not hit him. Like it was yep. that it was a bomb. Like it yeah, you tip your cap you, and yep. you go, well, yeah. well done. Now we got to yeah. fight back into the game. Yeah. Well, we had been scoring first. We had scored first yeah. in every game except the Hopkins game. Yeah. So once we started winning games, we scored first and then we locked the game up. Well, okay, they scored first. Now we have to play a slightly different way. So it it, it changed our substitution patterns a little bit. It changed our style a little bit. But then we got the goal back early in the second half. And then we had them under pressure and it looked like, uh, okay, we're feeling momentum right now. Let's take some risks. Let's go get the winner. And in that phase, they took over and they scored two beautiful goals. We had some defensive breakdowns. Um, If I'm completely honest, I haven't looked back at those goals yet. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I haven't been in the right frame of mind. I will eventually. Uh, but I recall a couple of breakdowns on goals from wide areas where mm-hmm. they were really, really good. Um, but you, so we have to say, well, the, the better team won that game. They, yeah. they, you know, they were they had real quality in, yeah. in the final third in that team. Um, and you don't you don't score seventy something goals in a college yeah. season unless you've got that quality, and it showed. So yeah. so fair play to St. Olaf. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, watching that game, I. I and and it was that second half where you're just kind of they they started doing things and it wasn't so much that they were like barreling through you or doing it they were forcing you to defend in ways i don't think you you were prepared to do because they were that good and they were they were especially down in the middle they were able to get the ball into spots where oh now you're one of your backs has to step to fill the gap and it opens up this other gap and you, you have that guy running and it just, I just think it got to be a little bit, a, a little bit. And again, because they are that good, I was, yeah. I, I thought they were that good. Yeah. They stretched us and, yeah, yeah. and we had not been really, we hadn't been stretched all year like that, yeah, yeah. but they, they opened us up a little bit in ways yeah. we hadn't, we hadn't seen before. Yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, so you blew me off the other yesterday for a for a top recruit, which I thought I was your top recruit. But okay, we can talk about that offline. Um, but what what are your what are you thinking for the spring? Like, what's your spring look like in, after this? I mean, incredible, just an incredible season. Well, this uh, we're up for our international trip this year, so we're going to go to England and. Where are we Scotland. going? We're going England to England and, and Scotland? Scotland. Yes. Uh, for spring break. So, uh, you know, when you do that, they give you some time to prepare. Yeah. So you get 10 days to practice before you go. Then yep. you get the games and the practices while you're yep. there. And the NCAA has opened up the spring season spring, for us. Yeah. We have yeah. more. So we're going to have a busier spring than we've ever had, uh-huh. which is good because we're resetting and reloading, yeah, particularly yeah. our midfield this year. So yeah, we have to get yeah. used to some new personnel and yep. get them some experience. So I, I think we're set up to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and recruiting is going very well. We've got a really nice pool of talented players. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the federal financial aid process has slowed down yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I it's know. delaying it's everybody so a little bit. Yeah, is what it um, is, right? It is what it is. It's the same yeah. for everybody. So it's going to be yeah. a later process this year, mm-hmm. but it's going pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask, this is totally random, but 
All right, so you you make it to the semis. You lose in honorable fashion against the eventual national champions. What did that do for for you from a recruiting perspective? Like, were suddenly you were you going from two hundred emails a day to four hundred emails a day? Uh, those aren't the exact numbers, but that's about the ratio. Yeah, uh-huh. we, yeah. A lot of people were contacting us yeah. after that, you know, yeah. and a lot of them were uh, really, you know, MLS next top ECNL teams, you wow. know, really good, good level yeah. players. So yeah. that that will certainly help uh, uh-huh. with the recruiting for sure. Yeah. Wow, that just opens up a bunch of right, like a different category of players. It sounds like right. Like, yeah, uh, harder work to recruit those guys because more yeah. people want them. Yeah, right? but yeah. we, we think we're gonna we're gonna land a couple of really good players this year. Yeah, I mean you can't go wrong. Like, look, I'm a fan of yours as a co- coaching staff um, and the school itself. So I, I can't go wrong if if you're looking for a great place to play and a great school. Like, you know, going to Washington is is not is not a bad bad way to go. So. Um, well, thank you, simple coach. Yeah, you know, you know me. I'm about you know I'm about uh, pumping up the people I like. Or and I like all that, Division three. <laughs> I like that you like college soccer, and you're yeah. an advocate for college soccer. Yeah, and thank you. you. Two years ago, when we spoke, you weren't quite the big media star that you are now. <laughs> yeah, me, what? <laughs> yeah, media star, sure. <laughs> but I like college soccer too. I think yeah. it gets a bad rap. Some. Oh, here, here's oh. something kind of interesting, um, because yeah, college soccer does get slightly a bad rap. Um, but I'm involved in something right now. I'm really excited about with college okay. soccer. Um, so for years, I've worked for United Soccer Coaches yep. uh, as a coach educator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a great experience when I took the coaching courses years ago. I had mm-hmm. such good instructors. I learned so mm-hmm. much. Uh, and then I became an instructor. And, and mm-hmm. I just really loved the environment and all that. But there is no coaching course for college coaches. Mm-mm. So all the courses are, are pretty general. And they all yep. operate off either a club or a professional youth, model. Youth or professional. Yep. I, I've been saying that for years. Like, why is it? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. So um, United Soccer Coaches have a new director of coaches education. His name is Rob Herringer. And he's fantastic. And and uh, he and I have been talking and he's asked me to put together a college coaching course. Wow. So we have a committee now that's made up of D1, D2, and D3 coaches, men and women, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and we're we're in the the stages of finishing up the course to have it stood up for this summer, and it'll focus on things that are particular to college coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So the periodization at college is completely different, right? Yeah, you get a two week preseason. Yeah. D one they're longer, but for D three yeah. it's a two week preseason. The games come so fast. Yeah. How do you get fit? Stay fit? Avoid injury and still yeah. perform well. It's yep. completely unique in college. Yeah. The recruiting, of course, is completely unique. Establishing team culture, how you manage your players, yeah. your team, and your program, which is yeah. that's your team last year, this yeah. year, next year. Yeah, right? yeah. These are all things that are unique to college wow. coaching. So the, the course is going to be designed for aspiring college coaches or current college coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited about uh, the collaboration and the networking that can come out yeah. of that also which is how assistant coaches get jobs and move up yeah. uh, the yeah. ladder. So yeah. uh, hopefully that'll be up and running this summer. And I'm really excited. I have a great uh, a committee that are, are working yeah. on this right now. I, I, I said all along since I started this, the two things that always amaze me that I don't think 
enough people know is, first of all, I think the quality of soccer is so much better than what people give it credit for. And the quality of the student athletes is so much greater than what people give it credit for. But then the second thing, and granted, my 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 um, universe is a lot smaller because I'm just doing Division Three. But the quality of coaches that I talk to, yourself included, is to me doesn't get recognized. And, and there are some outstanding coaches that do things, manage things that. To your point, a youth coach or a professional coach don't have to deal with, right? There's nothing yeah. nothing in their job description that says they have to do things the way you guys do. So I'm, I, that's awesome. That's awesome. It is. It, it, it is quite a unique job, and it's. It, I, I get so much joy out of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, Paul, I think, I think I'm the oldest coach that I've – like I, I haven't – played against anyone with an older coach than me, except uh, two years ago, we scrimmaged Elizabethtown and I coached against Skip Roderick. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. Who, who's a big just hero. Retired. Yeah. And he just retired, right? He's just retiring retired. this year. Yeah. So uh, Skip and I go back to my youth. When, when I was a, a U19, I played for the New Jersey Americans mm -hmm. and they had an ASL pro team mm -hmm. um, and Skip was on the pro team. So we used mm -hmm. to scrimmage against them. Of course, they would they would crush us, but you know. Mm -hmm. But we played against them all the time in practice, and they were all mm -hmm. heroes of mine. And Skip was chief among them because he was mm -hmm. tall and thin like me. Yeah. And so I kind of knew him then, and and we re stayed connected sort of through the years. And mm -hmm. I finally got them on our schedule for a proper match because we scrimmaged against them once, but we never really played them. And we're mm -hmm. playing them in the fall, and then Skip retires. Um, <laughs> but he yeah. promised me he'll be at the game. Yeah. Uh, but even though I'm I'm on the older side for Division three coaches, I'm not feeling that burnout because yeah. I haven't been coaching in college. That I didn't do this right out of college. Yeah, I yeah. did other things first. I've only been at this for 12 years, so I have a lot in the tank. Um, and I, it's quite a unique job. It, it's really yeah. um, meaningful to spend four years with a, a, a student athlete and to take them from, from a, a, an adolescent into adulthood and, and play a big part in that. So I get, mm -hmm. I get great joy from that. And, the, you know, the mm -hmm. fact that we win a few games from time to time makes it even more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, there, there is the, – and I got – I tell you, this sort of became very – when, right when I started, it was just as we were coming out of the COVID period. And for the amount of coaches that I heard talking about, like, I, I was – yeah, I was, I'm the coach, but – I was the therapist. I was the, um, you know, like the, how do you get these guys still to stay motivated? Like all of these things. And not once in that, all that entire thing, you're talking about soccer. You're talking about the health of the kids and the, you know, their mental health, all this stuff. And I, and I, ever since then, I'm like, they do so much more than just here's the ball of bags and this is a drill we're going to do. And well, the recruiting part. Coach Shearer and I talk about football every day of the year. Yeah, you know, we've yeah. got our whiteboards yeah. out and we, we always talk about it. But we don't get to actually coach yeah. that often. You know, yeah. the job is much bigger than that. Yeah. Of course, we'd all rather just play all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's a short season and a long off season. Uh, yeah. So you, you playing a role in, in, the, in the players' lives is, is critical to the job. Mm. 
to establishing trust and credibility with your players mm-hmm. uh, and to be uh, an adult in their lives when they're away yeah. from home who they can yeah. rely on if, if they yeah. need something. Uh, that part of the job is is immensely satisfying. And it yeah. may be that I'm a little bit older that I appreciate yeah. that more. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, I love when the players come into the office and we have a Champions League game on or something, or, you know, we're sitting and talking over a cup of tea yeah. uh, and just not talking about football yeah. or the lunch table. You know, Coach yeah. Riley and I, have lunch with our teams together every day. Yeah. Um, the women's team and the men's team, we're all kind of together in this one little yeah. part of the dining hall. Yeah. And, you know, we always say that's the best part of the day. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's the least stress. We're not yeah. worried about the next game. We're not yeah. talking about that. We're just being with them as people. Yeah. Um, and those bonds that forge in that environment, really, that helps on mm. game day. Those things yeah. really help. But the totality of the job is so much more than X's and O's. And when I see someone like this has happened a couple of times at higher levels where a, a division one co- college will hire a coach who's never coached in college. Mm-hmm. They've coached at other um, levels re- very well, but they haven't coached in college. And I always go, you know, they've got a lot to learn. They're going to take some yeah. lumps yeah. because yeah. the job's not what you think it is. No, no, it's not. It, it's there's. And they talk about it at the professional level, but let's be honest, at the professional level, right, there's there's a contract in place. And so there's that you're de- managing a totally different relationship than you are at, at the collegiate level. But you, you, if you're not ready for it, if you're part of a youth program, now it's, that's a bad thing, but there is a distance between you as a coach and you're a player as a person. And it, and, and that's, just because of the way it's the, it is right it's not a bad thing it's not saying that it's got to be fixed it's just that's the way just because of the way it's structured and the way way it is and in college it's so much more than that it's so much more i i hate to say your dad right like to a certain extent you're filling in his dad yeah and now i'm this is a terrible thing but i've seen myself go from someone who is old enough to be their dad and now I'm someone who's almost too old to be their dad. Grand, yeah, grandpa. Uh, I'm sorry. Not quite to the grandfather yet. <laughs> not far off, though. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's true. Yeah. And, okay, with that as a backdrop, now you've got to have a really difficult conversation with the kid. Yeah. And say, I know you played 70 minutes last year, yeah. but I think you're only going to be getting 30 or 40 this year because yeah. of this reason or that yeah. reason. Yeah. And you know – there's no getting around it. You know, if you bring in, if you've got a squad of 30 guys, you're going to be breaking some hearts. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have to do that in the most humane way you can mm-hmm. uh, without breaking your the trust of the player. Yeah. You have to be able to sit him down and look him in the eye and tell him exactly yeah. why. Yeah. And tell him yeah. that you haven't given up on them and that you still yeah. back them to develop and all that. Yeah. So to love a kid and break their hearts at the same time is an yeah. inevitable yeah. part of the job. Yeah, to yeah. the extent that you can do that with kindness yep. and some humanity yeah. um then then the player keeps working for the team yeah um and, and i think we, we struck a good balance with that this year yeah, yeah that's um that's interesting because um um there's a video out and i don't know what it is from an interview that pep guardiola talks about this very thing at the professional level and you're like all of these guys are great they are making a lot of money because they're that good and they're on man city and I have 30 guys that anywhere in the world could be the star of the team. And yet I have to tell half of them every week, you're not, we're not expecting you to go on. You're, you're sitting, you're sitting. 
and yeah. what and and in that world right they could be like okay i'm going to ride out my country so i'm going to go somewhere else but but that's the same conversation that he's having at that level you're you'll ultimately just because you have to have um and i always say lastly just the brutal honesty right like i tell my sons when we they were playing like you have to be honest every practice every game not only um you know you, you have to be honest about yourself and how you played and how you trained and if they come to me they have to know that i am going to be honest with them and i'm not going to sugarcoat it and if they want sugarcoat go to mom <laughs> you know like you know like i'm not that i'm not, i'm not I, you can then they know I, they've got all the foundations there i'm proud of them regardless i love them right all of that stuff and i'm just here to tell them what it is that they might not be hearing or somebody else might be sugarcoating it or whatever. Um, yeah. And I think that's, I think that matters tremendously. You earn a lot more respect doing that than if you don't. So I got, yeah. oh, I got it's in a, a little soapbox there. Yeah. It, it's a courageous conversation that you have. To yeah. Have. Um, yeah, and yeah. it's, I think early in my coaching, I would have sugarcoated it for a kid. Yeah. I would have gone, Oh no, you're going to be fine. It's going to be great. You know, don't worry about it. You're doing well. Um, but that that doesn't fly if if the player's not playing. They they need to know exactly why. Yeah. So you know, I, I would prefer you use Pep as an example, but as a as a United fan, uh, <laughs> Sir Alex, I read years ago, um, the secret to a championship season is keeping eleven players happy. Yeah. The eleven who are not playing. Not so. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you you want that good vibe at practice every day. Yeah. Right. So can you keep everyone's spirits up? Yeah. Um, so easier said than done. That's that's yeah, yeah, real yeah. an artful part of the job. Yeah, I I will add. Um, um, I have a you, you mentioned earlier that you you're not you don't feel burnt out, tired, all that kind of stuff about where you are because you don't think you um, you've been in the game as long. You didn't start right out of college and right. Um, I, I, like I said, I go back to the word that I, that you said earlier, and it, like right you've infused your program and sort of what you do with joy right like and you you find joy in the relationships you have that don't necessarily involve the soccer ball and the white lines and all that kind of stuff you just it is about how can i make these guys the best that they are and make them good humans and interact with all that kind of stuff i think we don't talk about that enough but i think it's probably the most important thing the most important Again, you know, maybe it, it's my age, 25, you know, your perspective changes. But, yeah. Yeah. It, I think I think there is something to that. You know, when, when yeah. the older you get, the more you realize that this is all limited. It's terminal, yeah. right? Every <laughs> season is terminal and the life yeah. is terminal. Let's get yeah. the most joy out of this we can. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. And I think a lot of coaches are worried. If, it's, if there's too much joy, then you lose yeah. discipline. Yeah. There, but there's a way to do both. You yeah. can have a lot of fun and get your work yep, done at the same done. time. Absolutely. I yep. think we found a really good way to balance that this year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the final, the experience at the final four was really, really uh, interesting, really fun. Yeah. I mean, they make such a fuss about you and all yeah, the players yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, there was a community service event that yep. we all did together. I saw so the pictures or whatever. It looked really cool. So much fun. And I think at all those events, our guys really ate it all up. They just, yeah. and we gave them the leeway to do that, to, to yeah. just really enjoy it. A funny, uh, uh, so we do a thing called, um, it's called a social rondo. And a lot right. of coaches disagree with this. 
Um, the social rondo is when they play for fun. You know, they'll have yeah. a circle, they'll have a target yeah. ball in the middle and two people defending, and they've got a million yeah. rules about nutmegs. And if you knock the yeah. ball over and if you do this, yeah. and they all try to mess with each other. It's not developmental, right? Yeah. It's not something a coach would do to make a team better. Yeah, yeah. But our players arrive to practice 15 minutes early just so they can do that. Yeah. And they, they, if they nutmeg somebody or if they knock the ball off or do, you know, humiliate yeah. their teammates somehow, yeah, you know, yeah. there's always a big celebration and it is just as goofy as you can imagine. Yeah. Right. So the thing is, all right, how do you switch from that mindset, a goofy mindset to a, a purposeful, yeah. um, a developmental mindset? Yeah. So we, you know, we worked on this thing we called flipping the switch. Okay. Yeah. Now we're focused. Yeah. Now we're, and we didn't always get that right. Every once in yeah. a while, we'd be 10 minutes into practice sure. and I'd have to stop. We have not flipped the switch yet, yeah. boys. Let's yeah. go. Let's get in developmental yeah. mode. Um, but there was a funny moment at the final four where they give you the day before the game, they give you an hour on the field to practice. Yeah. And so we're out there practicing and, and we didn't want to go too hard. We, you know, yeah. we did some things for confidence to get used to our surroundings. And we have about 10 minutes left in our hour. And we mm. see some people are watching us and we don't know who they are. You know, are they coaches from another team? Are they NCAA? <laughs> we're not sure who they are. Are they scouting us? We don't know. But we're going to, whoever it is, they're going to get a shock right now. And we stopped practice and we said, let's take the last 10 minutes and just have a social rondo. So <laughs> they, they were doing, the, whoever was watching, they got to see something absolutely absurd. Yeah. Uh, but our players loved it. Um, yeah. So we just wanted to leave that field with a, with a really good feeling, good feeling um, yeah. and uh, yeah, that really served us well this year. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I get yeah. goosebumps over that stuff. Like I said, like the, life's too short. Soccer is is a game, right? Especially you read the news enough, it's like you get there's worse places, worse things out there. Like you sh this should not be one of them, you know. Um, yeah, and you know if you see a, a an interview with a professional footballer who's really yeah. in good form. Yeah. What they're always going to say is, I'm really enjoying my football yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what we're shooting for. That yeah. should be the best two hours of your day is yeah. the day you're, you're the yeah. time you're on the field. We're yeah. going to get stuff done. We're going to be productive, yeah. but we're not going to lose our sense of humor. Yeah, we're not yeah. going to lose our our. The, yeah. Why are we doing this? Because it's yeah. inherently fun. Yeah. Let's yeah, not exactly. suck that out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's funny. This we could go off on a tangent on this like so easily, right? That's my biggest beef with youth soccer in general is because we've sucked that out of, I think, the youth experience. It's a lot of the joy and a lot of the fun the kids have. And, you know, you shouldn't be ticked off or annoyed when you either walk on the soccer field or come off the soccer field, right? Like you're playing soccer. Like, come on. This yeah. is the game itself is inherently good, right? You should not. It shouldn't be that way. But I think I think. I don't think there's enough people who embrace that. Like, well, I, co I come from a youth background. I coached yeah. in the youth game for a long time, and, and I had the same attitude there. I didn't yeah. think I would bring that to the college game, and <laughs> yeah. I didn't at first. Yeah. At first, I was like, you know, because yeah. we were not very good. So yeah. we got to get good, and I was yeah. full of tension and, and yeah. anxiety and all that. And as the years have gone by, I think we do better uh, when we are bringing joy to everything yeah, we yeah. do. And relax. Um, like, it's just a fundamental relax it makes you relax it lightens your step like yeah. i think there's i i don't know biology at all but i think there is like some there's a biological impact to when you're joyful versus when you're angry and anxious and all that kind of stuff like yeah, it's where chemical. you want to be it's chemical exactly you are you want to be you want to be in a state of mind where it's like this is great 
this is I love this right like all of those things because that fuels you to to improves your game I, I fund, fundamentally believe that fun, like yeah I couldn't agree more it was not my experience uh, as yeah. a youth no. player and as yeah, a high yeah, school yeah. player no. it was entirely opposite That's, of that yeah 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 um, uh, and uh, I'm glad that, that we have found a way yeah. to, to harness that joy every day at practice yeah. and, and, and have fun with each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, my soccer days and even in Europe, were, like it was beaten out of you. Right. Like it was <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, like, a, you know, you, you make a bad pass and it's like, I'm going to berate you. <laughs> you know, like it was just sort of the way it was. And mm-hmm. but yeah, same. I'm I'm. I'm for as much stick as I give kids these days for how they are and what they can and can't do, um, I think they they don't they should realize that they're in the best possible spot right now. Just the way there's a un- fundamental understanding of how to get p- kids to play better, and it's in a positive way. And I think that's really important. Well, when I was a youth coach and when I was teaching coaching courses for youth coaches, mm-hmm. what I always said was, if you help them find joy and, and passion yeah. in the game. They'll teach themselves how to so, play. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to teach them. You have to create an environment where, where they're desperate to get there because they can't wait to have fun and, yeah. and they can't wait to come back. And yep. mom's saying, get in the car and they don't want to go. Yeah. Right. All those yeah, things. Yeah. If yeah. you can create that environment, they'll uh, teach themselves because yeah. they're going to want to be good at it. Yeah, so they'll, yeah, they'll spend yeah, more yeah. time with the ball. Yeah. Totally agree. Coach, this was awesome. I'm going to let you get on with your day. It was fantastic catching up. Love talking to you. I will be down there at some point here in the next couple months. Um, so I would suggest you either watch out for one of those nice trophies. It would look very good on that mantle or that picture behind you of the stadium. Just, um, I'm just telling you. So, uh, Paul, simple yeah. coach. First of all, thanks for wearing your goose hat today. And... <laughs> And second of all, thank you for continuing to shine a light on Division Three soccer. Oh, thank you, thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. No, I thank you for doing what you do. Like, do you make it easy? Like, uh, I don't think people realize I'm. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't enjoy it. Right? Like, it's, it's great to see. So. All the but, best. Hope to see you at a game someday. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, coach. Okay. Take Thanks. it easy, buddy. Yep.